0: Smartcast.
1: You are listening to A Mint Production brought to you by HT Smartcast. Hi, I'm Avun of and welcome to this edition of Why Not Mint Money Podcast. Markets Mojo, which was founded by Mohit Batra and Joyce and Thomas in 2015, is a financial investment analyzing platform that examines all the listed stocks in India and 20 other global markets based on 550 parameters. The platform claims to cover around 60% of the global market capitalization and oversees 65,000 crore worth of portfolios. And of this, it directly manages assets of 6,000 crore. Mohit Batra, CEO of Markets Mojo and artificial intelligence based stock research and advisory, talked to Mint about the firm's stock analyzing process, the human factor in taking a call on a stock, the company's plan to enter the PMS industry, and its initial public offer roadmap. Let's listen in. Hi, welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started on your money journey. So Amit, if you can start with the introduction of Markets Mojo, the nature of business, the services or the products that you offer.
0: Right. So um, uh, just to give you a very quick uh, background on uh, uh, Markets Mojo, we started around eight years back. Um we started primarily for uh, a couple of uh, problems that we saw in the market one was the equity research industry Abhinav, uh, historically not just in india but across the globe is a very institutional driven industry you know because of sheer set of volumes that certain stocks have and hence uh, respectively what you've seen is the research has got concentrated on only large stocks uh, and uh, That uh, gave us a little bit of an analysis that in India, typically, you know, if you have around 17, 1800 actively traded companies, uh, active research was available only on the top 200 uh, because they were forming the most uh, liquid counters uh, for the institutional play. And across the globe, a similar study tells us that around 20 to 25 percent of the globally listed companies are only actively covered as far as research and advisory goes. The remaining are obviously uh, open and out. So that was one, which was the coverage issue that we saw. Then we did a bit of a research around eight years back in terms of what is the success rate of these calls that typically come out from the buy side uh, of, uh, or sorry, from the sell side of the houses. And uh, we did, uh, in fact, an analysis of 74 brokers who were uh, giving these calls. And, you know, the success rate of these calls was uh, around about 45-46%, which basically meant it was worse than a toss of a coin. So limited research, (coughs) quality of research, equity research were the two main parameters that uh, actually instigated us to uh, start something which is a high quality research platform and which covers 100% of listed companies. Uh, Now, that was not a mean task because, you know, covering every single stock on a real-time basis and uh, actively in the market uh, Is not something that we had heard of rather I had heard of in the industry whether locally or globally anybody was doing that So we created a IP which is internally created where today we analyze around 550 parameters across every stock we uh, analyze the stock from as high as ten years of fundamentals that the company has declared to the last quarter. Mm-hmm. We look at uh, valuations, we look at technicals, we look at financial trends, and then you know these forms uh, overall score on the company. Now. <clears throat> We do that for all listed companies. So we became uh, the first, uh, I would say, equity advisor in the country, which was doing that uh, across all uh, companies. And we parallelly extended this service to 20 other global markets. So we today uh, have equity research, which is real-time equity research with 100% cover available for around 60% of the global market cap. Which includes countries like India, US, Canada, Mexico, and so on and so forth. Now, that is prima facie the first leg of the organization. The second is because we were doing uh, uh, this research and our success rates were very high in terms of our calls. So it was not just on 200 calls, but across, say, 2000 companies. We were running, I think the last that I saw, our success rates were closer to 75, 80% on our calls. This stands true both on our buy and sell calls. So not just on a buy call, but also on a sell call when we give a sell call. And we started the uh, portfolio advisory services uh, close to a couple of years back. So we have uh, around 6,000 odd crores that we manage on portfolio advisory under the RIA license. And we have a large set of retail investor who consume our uh, equity research in India, uh, which is our subscription model uh, we also have a b2b uh, business model where we actually today power around 30% of the retail brokerage industry in india so some right. of the larger names of equity brokers that you've heard on the retail side we actually power the research uh, it's done on a white label basis so you know you actually see their names out there but we are managing the research on the back end so that is uh, that is where we are
1: right so you mentioned subscription. What is the uh, fee structure uh, on your platform?
0: Uh, fee structure on an average is an ARPU of around ten thousand rupees a year. What is the nature uh, of an investor on your platform in the stocks uh, advisories? So the nature of the uh, uh, so these are either self-directed uh, equity advisors. So basically, since the time that these discount brokers have come, I mean, frankly which is basically a very thin layer of uh, advisory, rather no layer of advisory to only execution marketplace. Uh, So that is one uh, where a lot of investors today uh, come to our platform, take the unbiased research because obviously we don't have any transacting platform behind, so we don't have any vested interest in uh, uh, telling customer to buy something or sell something. Um, We have a flat fee model, so people trust us a more there. The kind of customers that we're seeing on our expansion mode is typically in the age group of around uh, 30, 32 to uh, up, you know, around 60. It's a very broad range. Uh, Our average portfolio sizes are in between 15 to 20 lakhs. So these are not typically retail, retail completely. Mm -hmm. But we have just over the last, you know, with this uh, 5 million uh, DMAT accounts being opened, we've seen over the last two years that the average age on the platform is coming down. And obviously, the average ticket size with which people want to start investing, which is 1 lakh, 2 lakh, is also happening. So, uh, we are today standing around 27 to uh, 27 onwards is the lower part of the average limit. Um, And uh, the portfolio sizes are around 12 to 14 lakhs when somebody tells us to uh, advise them on their existing portfolios. Right.
1: One part is the stock advisory, other is the portfolio management. Yeah. So you're managing around, uh, what, if, uh, and you have a uh, subscriber base of 2 million. So what would That's be the right. breakup break for stock advisory and uh, RIA services?
0: No, subscriber base is not 2 million. We have a total uh, people who are registered base. So there's some part of the services that also come free on the site. Okay. You know, your market section, like what you get on money control, those kind of things that you get free on the site. Our uh, research, proprietary research on all stocks, your top stocks, stock of the month, screeners, uh, you know, your model portfolios, these are all paid for. Mm -hmm. So although what you, uh, we have around 2.2 million, uh, 2.5 odd million uh, registered users, our paid users would be around over a lakh. Uh, and slowly that whole base is getting converted. So, the life cycle is not that the guy will come and straight away pay you, he will come as a free guy, and then you know, you will experience the service for two three months, and then you will start uh buying out the subscription pack. And also, uh, uh research selling is not so in, uh, you know, uh, so uh, easy in India because the uh, it's not where research is valued unless uh, typically they see performance out there. So, we've seen that people over a period of time, have even subscribed for 10, 10, 15, 20 years also with us. They will give 20 years in advance. So around, uh, now to give you hard numbers, we have around 2.5 odd million uh, uh, users of the site. Around 100,000 odd are uh, paid users on the subscription base. And we have around um, 17, 18,000 people who use uh, portfolio advisory services with the total assets under advisory of around 6,000 crores. So that's, you know, broad framework of the numbers. We are anyways going in for a PMS license. 6,000. So there are a lot of people who also store their personal portfolios on our site. Okay. So there is advisory portfolios and there are personal portfolios. The combination of these two is 65,000. Okay. Now what happens is that I'm not getting paid for the 65,000 because, uh, uh, you know, this is covered under the subscription plan. You can put a portfolio, you're paying me 10,000 rupees whether you upload a portfolio of 5 crores or 50 lakhs out there. And I keep guiding you on the portfolio what you need to, you know, buy or sell within that portfolio. We have a 2% price structure where the uh, client actually gives us the money and then we advise the stocks to buy under a portfolio approach. That is is sixty. Uh, that is 6,000 crores. We have a small case integration also, okay. so you can choose the brokerage house that you have. Uh, there is a separate brand under which we do this, which is known as Mojo Infinity. The purpose of doing it under a separate brand is because we uh, are going in for our PMS license. And this whole okay. 6000 crores will be the seed capital that will go into the PMS company. Okay. So have you applied for the license or the uh, plan to... So company is set up. We are applying for the license by the end of this month. We had uh, infrastructure requirements and regulatory requirements that we are fulfilling. So by the end of this month, we should be applying for the license.
1: Right. So, uh, right now the PMS industry is quite crowded. So, Hmm. how do you structure or separate yourself from the existing companies?
0: So, I think uh, the PMS per se is, uh, you know, industry which is a crowded and also it is not a very scalable industry if you were to see. Uh, Primarily because of the ticket sizes restrictions that come in out there. So, what we are doing is approach which is a little different out there. Within the PMS, we will have an IA license also and an AIF license as well. So the uh, the advantages that Markets Mojo has got is that I can create I can create 10,000 portfolios that the client can invest in. I'm not bound by one strategy or two strategies. So I can custom make you know multiple portfolios and manage it through the system. So for example, if I were to uh, none of the PMS guys have an IA license underneath that to onboard 50 lakh minus because it requires a lot of tech interference. You know The custody of the money is with the client, the execution is with the client. Most of our customers prefer that. So, okay. so the scalability will uh, uh, will not come purely on the PMS piece of the product, but it will come on the IA piece where you are able to manage lesser uh, clients as well from 5 lakhs onwards too. And we'll come on the AIF structures where you can completely custom make, if I have 10,000 clients, I can have 10,000 strategies that can be run from the system and managed from the system. So we are going to get that kind of a scale within the platform. When I'm saying that we can run, for that example, a 1,000 strategies, I didn't mean a 1,000 strategies. I mean we can run multiple different strategies for multiple clients and we can be more cost efficient even at a lesser, even because I don't have a manpower cost or a fund management cost or an advisory cost that, that is backing that whole uh, scale up. Okay, so, would you call yourself a robo-advisor then? Yeah, I mean, uh, infamously so, uh, one can come under that robo-advisory thing, but robo-advisory is typically very, uh, it's a misnomer in the industry. I'll tell you where the difference is, The you know, even somebody who's selecting three mutual funds and telling you invest in these three mutual funds is a robo-advisor. Now, you may be doing that on an excel sheet behind and, and that's fine. Mm. Uh, what we do typically is we use a, a lot of uh, self-learning AIs to, uh, to uh, create, uh, uh, you know, uh, historical performances of stocks and in market cycles, how they are performed uh, under a sector, how they are performed and those kind of things overlaid with the uh, analysis factors research uh, results into a call. The classical example of somebody else who does this is the, in the US, the uh, back end of the hedge fund managers typically work like this, you know, so they have a lot of AI platforms that typically assess the uh, various parameters. They look at the correlation of those, the regressions of those and all that stuff. So those are that's, you know, like to give you 80% of my team size is only technology and data science. But yeah, as I said, infamously so, uh, in the Indian parlance, you may want to call me as a robot advisor. You know, everybody else will come as a robot advisor as well. Uh, I would say it's more a AI game than purely a robot advisory game. Is
1: there any uh, human touch point or human intervention when selecting a stock?
0: So when the stock goes into our basket, so there is obviously there are five categories on which the stock is rated, which is a strong sell, sell, hold, buy and a strong buy. Now, whenever we have a buy and a strong buy, before it is uh, uploaded as a strong uh, buy or a strong buy, we obviously do a CG test, which is a corporate governance test. It's a very simple test to ascertain certain certain things. Although certain corporate governance factors are already built into the AI, for example, third-party transaction, payout payout Horai. You know, all of those things are built up. But if there is a police report, if there is a background check on the promoters, those things are not data-driven, hence they cannot be built in. So whenever we have a buy or a strong buy, we would validate that with a test, which is a purely uh, corporate governance test, uh, to see whether we are going in, in the right company. Uh, rather, apart from that, there is no... Um, other test that happens to negate a company from entering a buy or a strong buy. We don't take uh, human calls, no, this sector is not hai, so we should not be buying the stock. Oh, those calls we stay away from. Uh, but corporate governance is, yes, that is something that happens manually on a buy and a strong buy. Sell ke time, to we don't look at a stock uh, on a corporate governance side.
1: All these parameters are based on the information what's available in the public, right? What yeah. uh, companies disclose to uh, regulatory disclosures. So, there are concerns over these uh, regulatory disclosures itself, that they are not transparent enough. I'm not talking about the large cap companies or the mid cap companies, so maybe small cap companies. Have you included any parameters or taken any steps to address those concerns?
0: No, I have not, because numbers are numbers. My system, unfortunately, will only look at numbers that are declared uh, by the companies to the exchanges. Now, the only thing that I can do is uh, if there is any, there are certain times we even, in fact, do audit reports for the exchanges. We give them that this number of yours that you reported is wrong. Because what I can do is that, if course, if the company is doing 16 crore ka pat or wo ekdam se aake crore ka pat hai, it gives an alert in my system. So I can go to the exchange and say that maybe this is 23 crores. This doesn't look like a 230 crores in our know, top line. So those kind of, you know, uh, uh, data sanity checks I do before I even consider the numbers. But sanity of the numbers is something that I can't go beyond what the exchange is giving me. Uh, We do have multiple uh, data capture points from uh, Reuters, from Bloomberg, from capital markets, from the exchanges. So we can reconcile those and see if there's any differentiation. But, you know, purely... uh, Sanitization of the number is not something that we do but you know fairly speaking now that I'm dealing in 21 countries I can tell you India is not that far off uh, from uh, the quality of numbers that are coming in Uh, it is not there may be cases here and there but it's not that you know 10% numbers are wrong or 20% numbers are wrong that I'm not seeing it's been 8 years now right
1: and uh, you're also covering all the stocks in these other 21 global markets
0: 100% listed stocks even in global markets
1: uh, so, bit about your future plans. You said you are in 21 global markets. So, are you plan to do? You plan to expand to more markets?
0: Yeah. So, it is basically the the issue is not 21 markets. The issue is the availability of data, and more so fundamental data from the data providers is easy to get, but the price data becomes difficult because you know in some of the markets you have to go to the relevant exchanges and have a tie up with the exchange. So we've just actually found out somebody who can give us day end prices and we don't need intraday prices because we are fundamental in our nature. Uh, and I think in the next two to three months, we'll be available in every single listed market in the world. So, uh, plan or, you know, we are, uh, we are basically bootstrapped company for the last seven, eight years. We are, but our ultimate goal is in the next three to four years, we're aiming for an IPO, uh, conventional way. Right. And um, this uh, assets in the management,
1: currently 65,000 crore, uh, what are your targets by the end of the financial year or by the time you
0: look for an IPO? I think uh, uh, we are looking at uh, going, uh, so we are, our growth over the last, I think I'm, I'll not be able to project that, but I, I, I can tell you that our numbers in terms of our assets at top line have grown by around 3 to 4x on an annual basis for the last three years. And this target, you, I mean, last two, three years were bumper for the stock markets. I mean, ah, yeah. Let's go thoda discount lete. yeah, I think we should discount that. I think we should look at a 100x growth. That is something that we've seen for the last seven, eight years. Very easily, if you were to look at a CAGR, if you were, may call it like that, over the last eight years, we've seen that.
1: That's it for today. If you have any questions, you can write to us at mintmoney at mintmoneyattheredalignment.com. If you want me to cover any specific topic, DM me at at the rate abno call it, Twitter, to stay updated on this podcast, follow HT Smartcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to hdsmartcast.com or suno nai nazariye se. This was a mint production brought to you by HT Smartcast.
0: HT Smartcast.